You're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're turning our attention to the latest Siena College Research Institute survey of New Yorkers and their attitudes about state policymakers as well as actions at the Capitol. And to break down the latest results, we're joined by Siena pollster Steve Greenberg. Welcome back to the show, Steve. Great to be with you, David. Well, it's our pleasure. So I want to start with the headline from your press release about this poll, which revolves around the favorable ratings for the governor. What dubious distinction did Governor Hochul achieve after more than a year and a half as the state's de facto CEO? Well, for the first time ever, more New Yorkers, 45%, view Kathy Hochul unfavorably than view her favorably. 40% of New Yorkers view her favorably. First time it's been underwater. But I think the bigger issue here, and by the way, not surprisingly, the worst favorable rating she's ever had, the lowest on the favorable side, 40, the highest on the unfavorable side, 45. But we've talked before about how a poll is nothing more than a snapshot in time. This is how voters feel right now in the middle of May. But what I think we're seeing with Governor Hochul is a trend. And what I mean by that is, let's go back to January. In January of this year, her favorability rating was 48 favorable, 42 unfavorable. In February, it dropped a few points to 46-43. In March, it dropped a few points to 43-43. We didn't have a poll in April because they didn't do a budget. But now in May, it dropped a few more points to 40% favorable, 45 unfavorable. So since January, her favorability rating has fallen 11 points and a few of those points in each of the last three polls. If we look at her job approval rating, which right now is still above water, 50% of New Yorkers approve of the job Hochul is doing as governor, 44% disapprove. But again, the same trend. January was a high water mark came down a little in February, down a little in March, now down a little bit in May. So I think that's got to be a little concerning for the governor and her team that we're seeing this trend over the last several months. Well, you've worked in state politics. So what is the ramification of having a favorability rating that is underwater like this right now? Because she's not running for re-election tomorrow. If she runs for re-election at all, it'll be three years from now. So does this affect, say, her day-to-day ability to govern, or is this just a perception issue that we here at the Capitol like to talk about? (laughs) I think what this shows is that there is a growing disconnect between the governor and the people of New York. She has long had a problem with Republicans. Well, in the in the in the divisive political world we live in today, that was not particularly surprising. But she was doing better with independents. Now she's doing not well with independents at all. Fifty-four percent of independents view her unfavorably compared to thirty-one percent who view her favorably. And there's just this disconnect. So Democrats. Democrats alone, 57% of Democrats view Hochul favorably, 25% view her unfavorably. That's not a great number with your own party. A quarter of Democrats view Hochul unfavorably. So if I'm the legislature, do I use this and say, you're not responsive to the people, they don't uh, agree with you, and I am therefore emboldened to take on my own legislative agenda, or have the numbers not swung to that point where we'll see that type of action yet? Look, I mean, there's always the give and and, and take between the governor and the legislature, regardless of party. It's an institutional battle as much as it is a partisan battle. And I think what this does is say to legislators, 
She can't kill us. Uh, she's not that politically strong right now. Maybe we can stand up to her a little bit. But at the same time, we know that poll numbers change, and she is still the governor of the state of New York with all the bully pulpit and powers that come with that. So I think legislators who want to challenge the governor always have to be a little bit careful. Well, if I'm the governor, can I still hang my hat on the fact that uh, about 50% of New Yorkers still approve of the job that I'm doing, essentially argue that I don't care if they like me, but it's the fact that they think I'm doing a good job is what really matters? Or are those numbers themselves, that 50% to 44%, not that impressive when we think about past performance of job approval? Well, it's not overly impressive that it's 50-44 in a state where 50% of the enrolled voters are Democrats, members of her party. So she's doing well on her job approval with Democrats, much better than on favorability, to your point. 70% of Democrats approve of the job that she's doing compared to only 23% who disapprove. But 79% of Republicans disapprove of the job that she's doing. And again, She's got a problem with independent voters in New York State. By a 55 to 37 percent margin, independents disapprove of the job that she's doing. Well, let's turn away from the governor and to the state budget, which was adopted about a month late this year. You asked voters a few days after it was passed uh, whether the budget in its totality would be good or bad for New York. How did they respond with a few days to digest uh, the coverage of the state budget, as well as maybe those budget documents themselves? Maybe New Yorkers have been diving into the legislation. Now, that would shock me. Um, Overall, about 38% of voters, uh, a plurality, think that the enacted budget by the legislature and the governor will be good for the state. 26%, a quarter of voters, think the budget will be bad for the state. Another 18% were... Eh, there's some parts I like, there's some parts I don't like, it's sort of in the middle. And then we looked at some of the specifics, as, as you were talking about, in the budget, and they do generally, or at least several of them do, much better than that. Right. But that's one of the ironies, as we transition from Hochul to these budget issues, the voters like many of the proposals in the budget. They think they will be good for the state, yet at the same time, that did not rub off on Kathy Hochul. Well, for listeners just joining us, so you're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're breaking down the latest survey of New Yorkers conducted by the Siena College Research Institute, and our guest is Siena pollster Steve Greenberg. Well, let's dive into the actual budget that was adopted. And from my perspective, there were three big takeaways from this budget, and they have to do with increasing the minimum wage, uh, changes to bail, and restrictions on new construction. So let's deal with the one that the governor was really making her raison d'etre this year, which has to do with giving judges more latitude to set bail for offenders accused of a, a serious crime. How do New Yorkers feel about that measure that the governor secured in the budget? By a three-to-one margin, 59% to 20%, New Yorkers think that law will be good for New York. And now I'm, we're not surprised by that because we've been polling on that question leading up to passage of the budget over the last couple of years on the question of bail. So we knew New Yorkers were looking for bail action. They seem to think that the action that the legislature and governor took will be good. And what's interesting about this one is because we talk about that great partisan divide that we have, not on this issue. 
59% of Democrats, 63% of Republicans, and 56% of independents all think that the bail reform changes will be good for the state. Advocates who are opposed to the changes that were put into the budget argue that this would disproportionately impact New Yorkers of color as well as low-income New Yorkers. So how do minorities as well as New Yorkers, say, making less than $50,000 a year feel about these changes? Are they opposed to them the way advocates are, or are they more inclined to support these the way the general population might? Well, when we look at it by race, there is support across the board. Now, it is stronger among uh, white voters. They think these changes to the bail law will be good 63 to 21 percent. But black voters by a margin of 53 to 22 percent and Latino voters by a margin of 48 to 18 percent all think that these bail changes will be good for New York. Uh, When we look at it by income, again, wealthiest New Yorkers, those making over 100,000, 68% of those uh, voters think this law will be good for New York. 58% of those earning between 50 and 100,000 think it will be good for New York. And even among the lowest income earners in New York, those making less than $50,000 a year by a 47 to 20 percent margin, better than two to one, they think that the bail changes will be good for New York. Well, let's turn to another issue that is likely to be popular based on past polling, and that's the plan to increase the minimum wage, which is going to go up by certain increments and then will be tied to the consumer price index. I have to imagine this is going to be something that New Yorkers are receptive to since they're usually generally supportive of minimum wage increases. Absolutely. And 64%, nearly two-thirds of New Yorkers think that this plan to increase the minimum wage and then tie it to the cost of living will be good for the state. Only 24% of New Yorkers think it will be bad for the state. 79% of Democrats think it'll be good. 53% of independents think it'll be good. They side with the Democrats on this one. In, uh, Republicans closely divided, but by a narrow three-point margin, 46 to 43 percent, Republicans think that increasing the minimum wage will be bad for New York. What about a geographic differentiation for this answer, considering uh, there has traditionally been different minimum wages uh, phased in based on whether you live in New York City, the New York City suburbs, or that nebulous area that is upstate New York? Uh, When we look at it by geography, what we see is that there's support across the state. It's larger downstate, but 70% of New York City voters, 63% of downstate suburban voters, and 57% of upstate voters all think that increasing the minimum wage will be good for New York. Well, finally, that third big measure that emerged in the budget has to do with restrictions on using fossil fuels to run appliances in new buildings constructed uh, in the future. And this has to do with appliances like stoves or water heaters or how your home is heated to begin with. What are the attitudes about that uh, future restriction? Well, it's mixed among all New York voters, uh, almost evenly divided. Forty percent of New Yorkers 
think that this new law with these uh, mandates on new buildings will be good for the state. 39% think it will be bad for the state. We have a clear partisan divide with 57% of Democrats saying good, two-thirds of Republicans, 66% saying bad, and independents on this issue side more with the Republicans. And by a 49 to 26% margin, almost two to one, they think this new law will be bad as well. If we look at it geographically, New York City supports it, 53 to 24%. Downstate burbs, uh, by a 10-point margin, think this law will be bad. And by a 53 to 29% margin, again, not quite two to one, upstaters think that this new electrification mandate will be bad for the state. And I think there's reason to expect that geographic differentiation by geography, not just because of political affiliation, but because... I assume a lot of homes in New York City aren't relying on uh, oil to heat uh, their apartment buildings or uh, they're not bringing in uh, propane for certain things in the winter, as well as the fact that New York City has a similar restriction that they've put in at the city level. So they must be kind of used to this at this point. Yeah, I think that I think that's a big piece of it. And I do think the partisanship plays into it, because as we know, New York City is overwhelmingly democratic uh, and less so outside of the city. Well, we've been speaking with Sienna Polster, Steve Greenberg. Steve, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.